Hey, trivia fans! Looking for an exciting and unforgettable way to add some fun and friendly competition to your events or team-building sessions? Last Call Trivia has you covered. Our unique web-based app allows players to participate individually or as a team, making it easier than ever to bring people together, spark curiosity, create connections, and make lasting memories. Host your own trivia anytime with our new subscription and experience the best in interactive entertainment. Even remote attendees can play along. Check out lastcalltrivia.com forward slash shop for more information. Welcome to the Last Call Trivia Podcast. I'm your trivia host, James, and I'm so happy to have all of our listeners join in on our trivia team today. Our favorite part of Trivia Night is the discussion that the questions spark and the connection those conversations create. That's why our trivia players will be showing their work and talking through the thought process behind each of their answers as we go. Speaking of our trivia players, I'm joined today by the Last Call Trivia team of DJ, Kelly, and Omen. So DJ, I know you just got back from Savannah, Georgia. Can you tell us about that trip? It was incredible. Uh, amazing food. The weather was delightful and, uh, and, and absolutely insanely lovely people. Uh, but I couldn't help but think of Kelly as we were driving up from Savannah to Charleston on our last day. Uh, we drove over the Harriet Tubman Bridge and it just seemed <laughs> an absolutely fitting capstone to a wonderful week. I'm, I'm glad I could provide you with that moment of joy, DJ. It's truly Just magical. So glad. And of course, that, that makes could... sense that you would make that reference, DJ, because, you know, in our last episode, uh, we had a question in which the answer was Selma, but we went through some other options before getting there, uh, you know, figuring that out. And well, that's where that comes from. One other option. Yeah. <laughs> At least one. At least one. So, Kelly, I hear your recent return to the movies for the first time in over a year was a bit of a letdown. Yeah, speaking of misguided choices. Um, so I haven't been to a movie theater in, I mean, well over a year. I've lost count. And to be honest with you, I'm not really ready to like sit in an indoor space yet. So the compromise was we'll go to the drive through and that'll be fun, right? Because you haven't done that nice. since high school. And, you know, I love horror movies. So we went to see <laughs> Don't Breathe 2. <laughs> okay, the original was brilliant, and I thought it's going to be just like that. It was so uninspired and unnecessary. It was it was dreadful. So I'm going to do everyone a favor and save them the seven dollars or seventeen dollars at this point. I don't even know what it is. Like, don't don't breathe, don't bother, yeah. don't just don't. And and when you went there and you were in the movie theater amongst all the people and the crowd and the concern, you probably kind of felt a desire not to breathe yourself, right? So there was kind I of like, this whole year has car. been don't breathe too. I was in my own car and I still didn't want. Oh, to. that's right. What am I saying? It was a, it was a it was not a it was a drive through. It wasn't actually a movie. Well, okay. Anyway, and I love the fact that you are now calling it a drive through because that's what I call it. Yes, I'm spreading the truth. There we go. All right. Well, you know, drive through, drive in. I guess that's actually probably more accurate. But Omen, uh, how about you? Did you find any new favorite animals on your visit to the Florida Aquarium? Oh, goodness. Yes, I did. I got to see some lovely sea otters. And uh, then uh, after we went to the Florida Aquarium, my wife and I and an old high school friend of mine and his partner went out on a boat in the Tampa Bay and saw something that I've ever only seen in movies. I, I thought it, I, I didn't think it was a real thing, but a we mermaid. saw wild. 
we saw mermaid clothes. We saw wild dolphins jumping in the bow wake of a ship. Oh, wow. wow. It was really, really beautiful. It was amazing. Yeah. That's nice. And we also saw like, some big crocodiles in the aquarium who were horrifying. Well, and by crocodiles, obviously, I mean alligators. Oh, okay, yeah. Well, I was going to say curious. that's not not as pleasant of an image as the dolphins uh, jumping in the in the wake. Uh, but you know that's okay. In today's podcast, we'll be challenging the Last Call Trivia team with questions that previously appeared in Last Call Trivia shows in bars and restaurants around the country. Our show has two rounds of trivia with three questions per round. There's also one bonus question in between the two rounds and one final question to close out the game. Before we dive in, a quick reminder that if you enjoy today's show, please be sure to like, subscribe, and share this episode with your friends. And if you'd like to learn more about all of Last Call Trivia's products and services, visit lastcalltrivia.com for more ways to get your trivia fix. All right, team, let's start off with round number one. I'll read each question aloud for DJ Kelly and Omen. And then they'll have three minutes to discuss and decide on an answer. In addition to their answer, they'll also need to choose a point wager. The point wagers in round one are one, three, or six. They can use those wagers in any order, but they can only use each wager once per round. So they'll want to save the higher wagers for answers they're most confident in. Okay, the categories for round number one are television, geography, and food. Team question number one, television. Television is the category. In what state is Quahog, the fictional setting of TV's Family Guy? Again, in what state is Quahog, the fictional <laughs> setting of TV's Family Guy? And you have three minutes on the clock. Can wow. we just let DJ answer this and move on? <laughs> I, I, you know, I, this, I'm ashamed, I think, by how much Family Guy I watched when, when I was a, a younger person. Because uh, I now I you know I look at that show and and I think about how much it, it used to make me laugh and now every time I watch it I'm just like <laughs> I'm glad you've grown and that you feel that way because I Thank am you, proud Kelly. to say I've never seen this show <laughs> although so I think we admittedly at this moment it would no I well I have a guess <laughs> I'm gonna guess Rhode Island because that sounds like a place but no I've never seen it I don't even I know there's like a dog that might be a human that's wow. the extent of my knowledge that's that's an that's an outstanding guess. Kelly, you got it exactly right. It is, in fact, uh, Quahog, Rhode Island. Yeah, it is. Yeah, and it's full. <laughs> it's full of uh, lots of New England humor and references. And in fact, I would I would argue that the uh, the best episode ever was the episode that featured uh, Thomas Edward Patrick Brady Jr. as a guest star. Uh, better known by his stage name, Tom Brady, um, and absolutely uh, filled with New England humor and references. So very well done. Very, very well done. Is Tom Brady the football man? He is the football man. And in fact, down in Tampa Bay now, <laughs> coming off of a Super Bowl win man. and looking to uh, looking to repeat. So uh, good luck to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Thank you. So, James, it sounds like we're going to go with Rhode Island, and I think we should wager the maximum number of points. Agreed. Okay, Agreed. so that, that sounds good to me. You guys are going to go with the answer of Rhode Island. And the question is, television. In what state is Quahog, the fictional setting of TV's Family Guy? And for six points, that is correct. That is the answer. It is, in fact, Rhode Island. So we're off to a great start here on this particular game of trivia. And uh, we'll move on to question number two, because I do want to know more about why Omen is ashamed that his past of watching Family Guy, but we'll have to cover that some other time. <laughs> so we go from Rhode Island to geography. Name one of the two sovereign island nations in the Mediterranean Sea. Three minutes on the clock, team. Ooh, interesting. <laughs> 
Um, there are a lot of islands in the Mediterranean Sea. There Should are we just a lot start of naming islands. them and see whether or not we think they're sovereign. I know that Cyprus. Cyprus? Um, yeah, but Cyprus is like divided between, between Greece and Turkey. I think, right? Yeah. So I don't know. I, I, I guess that's out. I'm fairly certain sure. that at least one of them uh, is 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 named basically, you know, the the ocean or the water, right? Because uh, marine marino is the is the root, but I'm fairly sure that San Marino is a sovereign nation. Wait, but that's not it, in the Mediterranean. That's inside of Italy. Oh, you're right. You're right. I was thinking is of that, like Malta. Is that a ooh the island of Malta. Malta? I think that I think that is one of them. Very good. Nice save. Malta. Well, maybe. Malta. Uh, okay, let's think about other islands. There's Crete. <clears throat> That's part of Crete's part of Greece. Greece. Mm-hmm. Okay, Corsica. Sicily is obviously part Sicily of Sicily and Sardinia. They've got to be actually Corsica might be one of them. Corsica, the island of Corsica. Where was Napoleon born? Was he born in, in Corsica? I thought he was exiled to Corsica. Either way, I think it's a good it's a good bet. <laughs> Are we out of islands in the Mediterranean? What's a is is, is Gibraltar an island or just a rock? I've always Gibraltar. heard of the, the rock of Gibraltar, but I mean, you know, it doesn't necessarily lead either way. I, um, I think it is actually slightly detached, but I also don't I don't know that it's sovereign because it is disputed. Majorca. Oh, oh. Oh no, that's something entirely different. I was thinking of the island of Jersey, but that's um, that's, that's in the Atlantic, and, I, so I, and far, that's owned by England anyway. Okay, so we've so got Malta, far, we've got and, Malta I, and Corsica. I, I'm, I'm fairly certain that Malta is indeed a, a nation. Okay, <laughs> and let me just hit you guys with a last call because we also need to know what point wager you want to give me. Yeah. you've already used up six, so that's not an option. But we need the answer and the point wager. So Wait, who DJ, remembers what our third category is going to be? I can tell you, it's food. Food. It's food. food. Yeah. Oh, that could go anywhere. I um, think we should wager our minimum number yes. of points. Yeah, I think Malta for one is, is the best bet. Love it. Okay. So you guys want to go with Malta, and you're going to wager one point on the question, geography. Name one of the two sovereign island nations in the Mediterranean Sea. And one of the answers is Malta. So you yes. guys get that point. Interestingly well enough, you also mentioned the other choice, which was Cyprus. Oh, really? Yeah, one of the first ones you guys actually came upon was, uh, I think, Cyprus. And uh, I really thought that was divided between Greece and Turkey. Well, DJ, um, from now on, we're going to have to refer to you as the Maltese Falcon. <laughs> Ooh, I like can, that. can we not do that, please? <laughs> was that Humphrey Bogart? That was. I think so. Yes. Humphrey Bogart. So maybe we'll just call him Bogey as well. Ooh, that's that's a big compliment. No. Bogey is my spirit animal. Bogey, these are getting worse and worse. Bogey is my spirit animal, uh, so I will take I will take that as a humbling compliment. I'm sorry. Hold on. You're saying that Humphrey Bogart is your spirit animal? Absolutely. We have a lot to talk about. No, no, I'm not. That's going to be on this. our other podcast. Hey, you know who Humphrey our, Bogart our had a lot edition. of respect for? Harriet Tubman. Harriet Tubman. There we go. Obviously. All right. Thank all right. You. Here's looking at you, team. The question is. Food, 19th century chef Raphael Esposito is widely considered the father of what modern Italian dish? Put three minutes on the clock here, but it's 19th century chef Raphael Esposito, widely considered the father of what modern Italian dish? Fettuccine Alfredo. You know, I think you actually might be totally correct on that because I know that that is a dish that is that was invented um, despite... Despite God's plan, uh, <laughs> fairly recently, or maybe in furtherance um, of God's plan, Omen. Sure, sure. Not 
Not any God I believe in, Kelly. I, I'm not a big fan of fettuccine Alfredo. I think it's um, I think it's uh, the worst form of slop. But I do think that it was invented fairly recently. I would also perhaps go with uh, uh, pasta carbonara, but I don't think that that is traceable to a single a singular chef. I think that that sort of Evolved, evolved in a number of places simultaneously and has a lot of apocryphal origin stories. The first thing that popped um, into my mind was yeah. fettuccine Alfredo, too, because it's, it's, a, it's a distinctive dish, and we call it Italian, but, I mean, it, it's, a, it's a peculiar form of Italian compared to most other, you know, a, a, Italian dishes. I have, I've had... Like the, the form right. of Italian that came from Brooklyn? <laughs> like that kind of Italian? I, yeah, no, it is very Olive Garden-y. I think yes. it is kind of an American perversion is, is Olive Garden the state restaurant of Florida, Omen? <laughs> Actually, my hometown is the origin place of Red Lobster. Now there's something to be proud of. <laughs> <laughs> I agree, Kelly. It's a nice thing to say. All right, so what do you guys so it think? Sounds, <laughs> it sounds like we're, we're, um, we're skirting delicately around a dish of uh, fettuccine Alfredo. I mean, I could name 10 other Italian dishes, but I don't think they're going to be any better. In taste have, or in substance. And there's no have choice. Time. You, have three, you, you know you're wagering three because that's the only one that's left. So don't put any thought towards the wager. That's going to be three. The question is, what's the answer going to be? And you have one minute to think it over. Kelly, rattle yeah. off all the other dishes. Well, I was thinking like lasagna. Did it come out of a need to like layer things that you had in your staple, whatever? Um, did I say I could name ten or one? Yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just go well, with fettuccine Alfredo. We moved the decimal point. So, yeah, I think that we'll just go with the fettuccine Alfredo, something that I've never done before in my life. Okay. By dish, we're going to, we're going to assume that it's dinner, right? And not like a cannoli or like a tiramisu or whatever. Like it's a, it's, a, it's a dinner plate, right? Last call. I'm, I'm good with fettuccine, fettuccine Alfredo. Alfredo for three points. Same. Love it. Okay, so the question, food. 19th century chef Raphael Esposito is widely considered the father of what modern Italian dish? You guys said fettuccine Alfredo. The actual answer is pizza. Pizza. Oh, what? 19th century chef Raphael Esposito is widely considered the father of what modern Italian dish? That modern Italian dish is pizza, my friends. I don't consider pizza to be a modern Italian dish. The origins of pizza go back hundreds of years in every direction. The Persians cooked pizza on their shields while they were fighting the, the Greeks. But we can Over let Cyprus. that go. Oversight, exactly. I will just say, to, to, to big up the writing team here, that you know it does say Italian dish. So maybe pizza in the Italian sense pizza. is kind of modern. Yes. All right. Well, look, you guys did very well that round. Uh, you're now sitting at seven points in total. So what we'll do is we'll move on to the bonus question for the day. Now is the time for today's bonus question. And the rules for the bonus question are a bit different. So here's what we have in store. The answer to this bonus question will be in the form of a number. The players probably won't know the exact answer to the bonus question, but that's okay. The idea is for them to give their best guess. At live Last Call Trivia shows, the top 50% of teams that get the closest to the exact answer win one bonus point. Since our trivia team isn't playing against anyone else today, the writing team has set a predetermined range that their answer must fall between for them to get the point for the bonus question. All right, team, what's the question here? Bonus what is the record for most slices of 10-inch pizza eaten in 10 minutes' time? What's the record for the most slices of 10-inch pizza eaten in 10 
minutes, and you guys have three minutes to think it over. How much pizza so could the, you eat in that time? Is, is the pizza itself 10 inches in diameter? Uh, it says, what's the record for most slices of 10-inch pizza in, eaten yeah. in 10 minutes? So yeah. uh, It's going to be this like a, cut into eight. Like a dinner plate size. Yeah. They're usually cut into six pieces when they're 10 inches. Well, it sounds like DJ is the expert on pizza eating. He's so doing, maybe you so he's doing geometry. It looks like little, he's doing some little geometry. Bit of a pizza right connoisseur, um, and except for its history, apparently, I could definitely Ooh, burn. Wow, Kelly. <laughs> Says the there's, person there's who There's a little glass house rock throwing happening right now. <laughs> I live in the biggest glass house you've ever seen. <laughs> the. Uh, I mean, I can tell you how many pieces of, of 10-inch pizza I've eaten in a 10-minute period, and it's more than one. Wait, can we guess that instead? <laughs> I think it's going to be seven. Oh, wow. Kelly Kelly underestimates my power. <gasps> I think I think that a, a slice of a 10-inch pizza is not that big. It's not. And I think it's got to be, you know, I think any self-respecting glutton could eat at least a, a slice per minute. And I think an oh, overachiever could eat double that. Yeah. Think of Joey Chestnut. He would eat Joey Chestnut is the hot dog guy, yeah. right? I never, I am never not thinking of Joey Chestnut, Kelly. <laughs> I'm glad to hear that. My, my um, guess would be in the 40s, in the 40s to 50s, somewhere in that range. That would be my my instinctive yeah. guess. Okay, well let, let's calculate it. Let's think how many per minute is reasonable, and then multiply well, it by ten. You can 10. double fist these things. I mean, if it's a contest, you can. You... That's a disgusting concept, and I don't want that image in my mind. Welcome Take to the it world, away. Kelly. <laughs> no, 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 no. And if you can drink water, too, that just uh, yeah. increases your, yes. your, which is, your, which your is lubrication. Which is vomiting? That's you common, soak, you soak the slice. Done. Yeah, you soak yep. the slice so that it. you can slide it down your gullet, Kelly. You just slide James, it down your gullet. it sounds like you know a little bit too much about this. <laughs> I have covered okay, the, so, the hot dog eating contest before. Have you? Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay, they, that's, a, that's for a separate podcast. The, the, okay. the bun How gets all smeared on their minute? face. It's disgusting. You know, I like... I like any any chance I get to reference the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, I would throw forty two out there as as a a pretty good middle ground for what what I'm thinking. Okay, there. my initial feel, guess was going to be forty seven, but I love the tie into forty two, and I think that's the way to go. I'm comfortable with that. All right, last call. So it sounds like you guys are pretty much ready to put your answer in. And is it? You said forty two. Forty two. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Okay. Bonus question, what is the record for most slices of 10-inch pizza eaten in 10 minutes? You guys said 42. The actual answer, 83. 83 slices. okay. Wow. And the range that you had to get between was 73 to 93, so unfortunately you guys did not get the point on this bonus round here. But um, I'm almost okay with not getting that point. (laughs) Who was that set by, James? It doesn't say. Oh, but I wouldn't wait. be surprised Research. if it is Joey Chestnut. Elman, you've got your, your measuring stick out. How many slices is that per minute or second? Like, that's inconceivable. Well, let's see. 80, 82 divided by 10 is 8.2 per minute. So that's... Uh, that's more that's, than one piece but, every 10 seconds. But you usually yeah. start out a lot faster than you, than you end. So, you know, presumably sure. they were they were double fisting in the beginning and then slowed down as the time went on. And team, I can tell you that according to my crack research team here, Jeff Esper is the guy who ate 83 slices of a 10 inch pie in just 10 minutes time. Amazing. Jeff Esper. So learn something new every day. All right. Shall we move on to round number two? Please, let's move on. The questions in the second round will be themed to a specific topic. Today's theme is 
firsts. Firsts. In this round, the point wager options have updated to either two, five, or seven points. And just like the first round, the team can only use each wager once per round. They just have some higher options to work with. And the categories within the theme of firsts are events, government, and people. Here's the events question. Game of Thrones author George R.R. Martin claims that as a 16-year-old, he was the first person ever to buy a ticket for what annual convention? Game of Thrones author George R.R. Martin, he claims that as a 16-year-old, he was the first person ever to buy a ticket for what annual convention? And you have three minutes on the clock. Okay, well, first of all, he's he's old as... As bleep, right? So he's not Methuselah. A, he's, he's not a young young buck by any stretch of the imagination. So it's right. So it would have been in the sixties or seventies. Right. So my I was going to say t- the Star Trek convention. I was thinking, Comic-Con yeah, was my immediate reaction. <clears throat> yeah, that's what okay, I thought. But as how well, but long actually, has Comic Con been around? Probably for longer than we think, yeah. because I mean, comics have been along around for forever. Yep, it was a, okay. it was a more of an underground thing when. Martin was a 16-year-old, I'm sure, but it was still, it was definitely uh, the, the burgeoning movement. And then it Can we take a minute to try to calculate how old, like what year this would be? Like how old do we think he is? And then we can go back to when he was 16. He's got to be, let's say he's 85, just, okay. just as a So as let's a just take off 60 years. So 60 years ago is, what, 1960? Yeah. Okay, so... That sounds like it was before Star Trek even aired, so I think my thought is out. So, Comic-Con. But I love that. I love that thought, though. I love the image of... Well, and there's, uh, there isn't one annual... This is the other thing. So the way that the question is phrased is an annual convention. There is not one annual Star Trek convention. There is one signature annual Comic-Con. There's lots of other little ones, but when people say yeah. Comic-Con, they mean the San Diego Comic-Con. It's the Comic-Con. It's the, the big one. Sure. And it's been going for what a long other- time. I think that's a great option as an answer. I wonder if we can think of any other potential cons that are out there. That would go back to the conventions. I mean, there's... Should I even mention the adult video conference in <laughs> Las Vegas? Or should, should we just scroll past that? That definitely they was not a convention in the old. 60s. And they wouldn't let that, a 16-year-old But that's year why old it's in. a story, because he was 16. That's what made it interesting. If you guys ever saw um, uh, George R.R. R. Martin, the way they represented him in South Park... You might not be surprised if it was the adult. Yeah, <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> well, look at Game of Thrones. Obviously, whatever he went to when he was 16 warped his imagination. Our last I'm not call, guys. I of any other major conventions, and I think there's a good, there's, there, there's a reason that Comic-Con makes sense. So yeah. I love it. Let's go with that. All right, last call. I, so it sounds like you have your answer. I just need your uh, wager, your point total. Five? Yeah. I think put it, put it in the middle. Sounds good to me. All right, so the question, events. Game of Thrones author George R.R. Martin claims that as a 16-year-old, he was the first person ever to buy a ticket for what annual convention? The answer, Comic-Con. Yes! So you guys get that right. We get five points up on the board here, and that takes your total to 12 on the day. So we'll move on from that successful question to this next one. Government. Government. Ronald Reagan made history by appointing the first female U.S. ambassador to what intergovernmental agency in 1981? Ronald Reagan made history by appointing the first female U.S. ambassador to what intergovernmental agency in 1981? And we'll put three minutes on the clock here. (laughs) I 
wish that the listeners at home could see that we all have the same confused expression okay. that I think is stemming from the use of the phrase intergovernmental agency. Yeah, struggling to parse I agree. the question, for sure. Well, what would be an example of an intergovernmental agency? Something like the UN? Because that is an agency that exists between governments. Intergovernmental implies that it, it's between governments. I think you just landed on the answer there, Omen. <laughs> Well done. That makes perfect what other, sense. What other intergovernmental agencies are there? The World Bank? You wouldn't appoint an ambassador There's to the no World Bank. There's no ambassador to the World and the, Bank. And the U.S. does have, all the countries have ambassadors to the U.N. It's a, a pretty um, significant post. So that that is perfectly logical. I think let's go with it. I don't think we're going to get a, a better answer. The, the oh, it's Comic-Con, actually. The first ambassador <laughs> to Comic-Con. Where she met a young George R.R. Martin. And and the romance blossomed. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Summertime love story. (laughs) I think that, uh, I think the UN is probably, the United Nations, to use its official full title, would be our, our, my contribution to that. I concur. And then you guys have in mind what you would be wagering if in fact you did go with that answer? What's the third category? The third category is people. Ooh. <laughs> That's a little open-ended. I say we throw seven yeah. at this. Let's throw seven at the UN. Okay. Wow. Uh, and you guys uh, are well within go your time here, but I think you're, you're pretty much set with your answer, right? Kelly, you think? Well, you know, I could name ten additional intergovernmental agencies <laughs> if we just wanted to roll <laughs> yeah, through go them. Go ahead, name them right now. Set. Yeah, spaghetti, <laughs> uh, linguine. <laughs> <laughs> All go right. for it. Okay, so the question, government, Ronald Reagan made history by appointing the first female U.S. ambassador to what intergovernmental agency in 1981? You guys said the U.N., and the answer is yes, the United Nations. So you guys get that for seven points. Very nicely done. Very nicely done indeed. And we'll move on to uh, the question here. People the category on June 18th, 1995, daredevil Steve Trotter. Steve Trotter became the first person to survive what stunt twice, which earned him a fine and a two-week jail sentence. So it was June 18th, 1995, when Daredevil Steve Trotter became the first person to survive what stunt twice, which earned him a fine and a two-week jail sentence. Well, the great thing is we can really (laughs) afford to biff this question because we are only going to wager two points on it, and we've had such incredible success. We've been daredevils of success in the, in the previous questions. I don't think so, you're going to survive making the, quips like that twice, Omen. <laughs> the first thought that comes to mind is climbing up the exterior of the World Trade Center. Interesting. That implies that there have been people who have died doing that. Do we know that if that's the case? Wait, why do we think people have died? He well, because the question... Is, is phrased as to have survived doing X twice. I think it's going over the Niagara Falls in a barrel. But he's I, certainly not the first person to survive that. But he did it twice. Yeah, right. Yeah. So th- there's lots of people who've gone over in barrels and died. There's a few people who've gone over in a barrel and survived. Uh, it's illegal to do, and they've always tried to, since like the early days, they tried to discourage it because, you know, so many people die. And so to do it a second time after being, you know, told and warned and whatnot, that would explain the fine and the, the jail, the jail time. Okay, but I'm going to ask a question. We were all, <laughs> not to age anybody here, but we were all alive in 1995. And I feel like this would have been, 
would I not have been aware that this happened? Like this would have been major news, right? I don't remember any news about somebody going over Niagara Falls. I think Do you remember a lot of that's news a, from 1995 there, Kelly? I, I think that's a good point. I remember the Ninja Turtles from 1995. <laughs> but I also think that, you know, if if in fact they were really trying to discourage people, which obviously, you know, they do want to discourage people from going over the falls, they might have tried to have it be somewhat hush-hush. Also, I feel like going over the falls in a barrel is a very early 20th century activity. Like, that's when it was really exciting and popular. Yeah, And by 1995, yeah, by 1995, it was like, oh, some some guy did that old-fashioned thing twice. You can't go on the circuit anymore. Like they, you know that somebody like went on the circuit to do that. They'd be part of like the vaudeville yeah. shows. Like, oh, right. bring him out I now. Here he is. Yep. I the can't remember her name, but she was she was older, and she actually had like a, a fake person for the press because people thought like, oh, they're not going to want to see an old woman last at call these, at this press circuit. Last call. So team. they put up a like young picture. I'm just going to keep talking about this woman whose name I don't remember who. Kelly, went over I the... think you're describing your your next gig. I have no ish interest in getting in a barrel. Let's no, no, you can be the stunt. You can be the press person <laughs> oh, for the person. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> the unbreakable Kelly. Um, I like the reason I like this answer is because there's a reason why they would have put him in jail for it. Like the discouragement factor makes sense to me. So yes, let's do it. Let's do it. All right, and we know that we're going to put it in for two points because that's the only thing. All right, so wh- so what answer are we going with? I have the wager, but I need the answer again. Give it to me. Going over Niagara Falls in a barrel. Okay, so the question was, people, on June 18th, 1995, Daredevil Steve Trotter became the first person to survive what stunt twice, which earned him a fine and a two-week jail sentence. You guys say, for two points, going over Niagara Falls in a barrel. The answer, barreling over Niagara Falls. So you got that right. A perfect round. Very nicely Yay. done, guys. Woo. Very, very, very nicely done. So, all right, that takes us to our final question. This is a multi-part question. It's also the only question today that our team can lose points on. The trivia team can decide to wager either five or zero points on the final question, but they'll have to get every portion of the final correct in order to earn points. If they miss any portion of the final question, they'll lose whatever they wagered. Since this is a multi-part question, I'll give the team five minutes to decide on their answer. And the question is, comics being the category, comics being the category, name the most famous comic strips written by the following individuals. One, Charles Schultz. Two, Gary Larson. Three, Gary Trudeau. Four, Jim Davis. Oh my gosh, I know these. You know <laughs> all of them, Kelly? None of, yes, and I thought I would know none of them because I know no comics. Yeah, I know. They, I, I feel like I know at least one of them. I know okay, Charles four, Schultz. For sure. All right, look. Charles the, Schultz is, so, is peanuts. Let me just say quickly that the, the, the time has started. You guys have five minutes, okay. but let me read through it one more time as yeah. you guys go. One, Charles Schultz. Again, the most famous comic strip. Yeah. Two, Gary Larson. Three, Gary Trudeau. Four, Jim Davis. Take it away. Okay, Charles Schultz's Peanuts. Yes. Who was the second one? Gary Larson Larson. is the far side. Correct. Correct. Number three was... Gary Trudeau. Trudeau. Bloomsbury. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay, sure. And number four was... 
Davis. Jim Davis is Garfield. Garfield. That's Garfield, that correct. Right. Wow, Kelly. Very nicely done, Kelly. The Far Side. I'm going to tell you, I wrote my college essay about The Far Side. Did so you really? I did, because they asked, what was your favorite book? And my favorite book was this collection of Far Side comics. Because oh, this was your application was, to get into college? Yes. Oh, okay. And, I was I was imagining a college thesis yeah, right. <laughs> on The Far Side, which I was, you know, yes, absolutely. Right. Why, not? Why didn't I think of that? Why didn't you? That yeah. was on Peanuts. <laughs> yeah, Gary, um, Gary Larson uh, gave me so much um, context in my adolescence for the absurdities of life that, you know, as you, as you grow and you, you go through high school and you start, if, you're, if you have any kind of you know, social or mental awareness, you start to see that life is kind of really stupid just in general. And, um, <laughs> and his, his ability to poke fun at it in, in such a dramatic and obvious way and yet still so subtle and nuanced, right? All of those at the same time uh, uh, were a significant, significant part of my growth as an adolescent. And Kelly's cat And also the agrees. growth of my cat. Yes. Absolutely agrees. Yeah. Um, I think it would be fun if we posted our, our favorite single, you know, Gary Larson comic in our social media for everyone to enjoy. <laughs> That's a great idea. And by the way, just for our listeners' knowledge, that sound you heard there was not one of the characters in a Far Side uh, comic strip, but rather our studio cat. So... Uh, we did hear right. our, our studio cat chime in there, so that's always good. We um, need that once per episode. Back to the question, though. Uh, d- is Bloomsbury really the name of that thing, or did I make that up? He says I made it up. I mean, you know I have no, this habit Bloomsbury, of thinking um, something is the title, Do- and it's really Doonesbury. not. Doonesbury. Yes, it's that's what that I said. Yes. Yeah, I, yes, I knew Doonesbury. what you were trying I, to I say. I, I, we we, yes. we picked up on it. <laughs> so, James, you. we are going Schultz, Peanuts, Larson, Farside, Trudeau, Doonesbury, Doonesbury <laughs> Davis, Garfield for our official answer. And okay. we simply have and to wager five points. Yes. Yeah, what are you doing on the wager side? You can go anywhere from nothing to, or you could do five. The big chinque. Five? Five points. Yes. Let's do it. Yes. Okay, guys. So the question was, name the most famous comic strips written by the following individuals. You guys have submitted your answer. You've also wagered the full five points. Number one, Charles Schultz. The answer, Peanuts, which you guys said as your answer. So, so far, so good. Two, Gary Larson. His most famous comic strip, The Far Side. Two for two, Gary Trudeau. Doonesbury, as you guys said. And I was a little nice. worried there. With the, I wasn't sure if you were going to get blue because I thought you said Doonesbury on the first one. So good, Doonesbury. And then Jim Davis, Garfield which is obviously very appropriate for the Studio Cat as well. So we're excited about that. So very nicely done, guys. You get all five points there. And, you know, believe it or not, you guys did, wow, really, really well today. I'm very proud of you. This is an impressive showing. We have, of course, all our questions submitted here and all the answers tallied. And the last call trivia team's final score today was... 26 out of a possible 30. So we have a new uh, high standard to achieve for uh, 26 out of a possible 30. So very, That means we all get cake, James. Uh, You're going to mail us each uh, a slice of cake. Isn't that correct? We'll get it in a couple of business weeks. 
Yep. He's going to mail us a slice of pizza or 83 of them and see if we can eat them in 10 minutes. (laughs) Yeah. um, Just don't send any fettuccine Alfredo via U.S. Post. They really hate it when you do that. They they do hate it. I think that's one of the banned substances. You can't mail lithium batteries (laughs) or fettuccine Alfredo for obvious reasons. And I think another thing that was interesting was, uh, you know, thinking back to 1995, I think we're all pretty much collectively shocked that we didn't remember that news story, right? That there was a guy barreling over Niagara Falls. We would have thought, you know, who would have thought you would think you'd remember that, right? You know, that was a big time. I'm looking it up. That's the first thing I'm going to look up. It's the history of pizza in Persia and this Niagara Falls situation. You know, I I feel like, and maybe I'm retroactively um, making this, maybe I'm confabulating this, but I feel like I vaguely remember something about that because I grew up not super far from Niagara Falls. No, you know, now it's a, just been said to you, so you've like infused it into your well, memory, even though it didn't really exist. <laughs> that's what I'm. That's what is. That is very possible. And, the and Nelson was Mandela I his stunt thing. double? Was I the stunt double that you remember who, who went you over were. the? Okay. That's how I For always imagine you, Kelly. Right. That's going over exactly. Niagara Falls. We, we, in a barrel. we know what the next gig is going to be for Kelly, as we said, is is uh, getting that barrel ready for Niagara Falls. So, all right, listen. Thank you so much to all of our listeners for tuning in for the show. If you enjoyed it, please be sure to like, subscribe, and share today's episode. And if you're looking for more trivia fun, head over to LastCallTrivia.com to check out our live shows, private events, trivia card game, and more. We'll be back next week for another episode of the Last Call Trivia Podcast. Until then, stay curious.